You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We are going to jump right into our grateful moment to get our show started. Um, Keish, what are you grateful for this week? I'm so grateful for my sons. They <laughs> they played in this game yesterday, a basketball game yesterday, and my oldest son got MVP. So he was like super hyped. I was hyped for him. And then like he was still talking about it three hours later. I was like, all right now, son, I'm, I'm very proud of you. Okay. But you, you're playing like your mother. So I was very grateful for that. Bless his heart. <laughs> Shout out to your son for getting MVP. That is that is amazing. Yes, it's in his blood, but you know. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely right. <laughs> Phil, what are you grateful for this week? Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, Belgium fans, thank you for being so supportive for the past six, seven, eight, nine months. Uh, I am grateful for my youngest child. She turned 13, and she don't know about Gaha one of the sneakers she really wanted um it was it was a mid she won a low but i got in the mid for the wolf gray um jordan ones nice. so i wanted to get the lows but i found the mids grab them about to present to her the next few um after the show and see how excited she is so she turned 13 and also last week the 15th celebrated my 20th anniversary which was so cool and we t- did a photo shoot so I'm grateful for my wife sticking with me for 20 years and um, being patient with me. So I'm very grateful for that. Awesome. And congratulations on 20 years and happy birthday to your baby girl. I hope she enjoys it. And Alan, what are you grateful for this week? I am grateful for, this is really kind of more geared towards my nephew. Um, he's heading into his... I guess I could say senior year at Oakwood and he was having some housing issues. So now he has a place that he's going to be able to stay for the semester off campus. So I'm grateful for that. Awesome. And I am grateful. Well, first of all, I'm grateful to be back. I have been away for the last three weeks and I've been traveling, been doing a whole lot of stuff but I am grateful for vacation. Lord knows I needed a vacation to reset. My job is super demanding. Um, There are weeks where I feel like, I don't know if I'm coming or going. I was able to go to Panama. Um, I came back about a week and a half or maybe two weeks ago. It was amazing. I gained almost 10 pounds. So you know the food was on point. Um, I'm just grateful for that. Grateful to be back and safe and, and finally back into my routine. It took me almost two weeks to recover from vacation, but, um, here I am. All right, let us jump right into our show. And we are going to begin this segment talking about Simone Biles. Now this week, this was all of the rage, um, on social media, on almost every sports news outlet, even on the news. And essentially Simone Biles um, basically stepped down um, from competition, basically said that she needed 
um, space. She needed to protect her mental space um, rather than compete. And while many applauded her, um, including myself, there were a lot of people that felt like she quit on the team, um, that when you go to the Olympics, you know what is expected of you from your country, and how could she make such a selfish decision? Those were the conversations um, I overheard. Those were the conversations I saw on social media. And so I wanted to hear from the team, how do you feel about A, Simone Biles protecting her mental peace and deciding not to um, compete in a certain event and B, the discourse around that decision? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Even though it was like super disappointing, it's not like we're looking at a prospect or somebody who we're like, okay, let's wait to see what she's going to do because we're depending on her for all the gold medals. We know what she can do. And after I, you know, read a little bit about what she was saying and, you know, gymnasts who get the twisties and how other gymnasts supported that because they know it to be true. I was like, oh yeah, if you're not a hundred percent there, you could really kill yourself. And that's what happened to a Russian gymnast back in like the nineties. She was forced to continue to compete even though she didn't feel 100% there and she landed on her neck. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'd rather have Simone Biles know how she feels and be able to walk away versus being forced to compete and end up in a tragic event like that. So, absolutely. Yeah, let her black girl magic shine right from the sideline. And I think I'll, I'll jump in here real quick, um, then I'll let the guys go. I think you said something really important about this conversation. We're not talking about someone who is not the most dominant in this sport, right? We're talking about the most decorated gymnast of all time. Yes. We're talking about someone that has established and cemented who she was mm -hmm. before. Literally, she has nothing more to prove. If she, if she was to stop competing about three years ago, she still would have been the GOAT, right? So, I mean, what are we really arguing about here? She, she didn't show up for the USA, really? Like, can we honestly say that? Facts. Like, train you. So we, I was like, you know what? This is how I feel. So that we never run into this problem again. Get your sister, get your aunt, get your mother, get your grandmother. Let all of y'all start training now. Exactly. So four years from, we'll have a lot of backups. If you think it's that easy and it's that simple, right? Get your grandma and let her train, and your daughter and all of them. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm definitely um, supporting both of y'all. You you saw it when she did you know start up um, participant in the opening rounds and she wasn't there. Something was bothering her. I've never seen Simone Biles step out of bounds. My wife and I was watching it and we saw her do her signature move. Right, you understand audience signature move her move named after her. She has two signature moves that's named after her. That's how great she is. It's more brave for her to say you know what. I cannot move forward right now, I'm not there, than to keep, and like Akisha alluded to, that she could have hurt herself or, or die, because this is no joke. My daughter was, a, was my youngest one who turned 13 today 
um, August 1st, was inspired by Simone Biles. And she, we put her to gymnastic class and she got taller and taller and taller. So she was like five, five amongst the class and she retired. But I've seen the little moves she learned, how dangerous it is, how her coaches showed certain techniques to assure that she will sprain her ankle or break her leg or, or assure that she's strong enough. And for, for someone to say, you know what, I'm not there and we've seen it, it's a big step. Not too many often people could say, you know what, I'm not there, I can step, take a step back. Thus allowing her teammates who've captured gold, still go silver, still, you know, medal, stepping back and supporting them. It would be one thing she was mad. I remember one year that girl was just mad. Uh, was it not so gay, Gabby, but that's neither here there. But she was there supporting her team. And her teammates know how appreciated her. So she did the right thing. Because what would have said is she, she broke her leg or she died or something happened. Or she shouldn't know her limits and so forth. You know, excuse my language. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. She might as well do what's best for you. And I, I, I agree. And like... Like Dion said, she's the goat. She's the goat. How could you, you, you have to bow down to the goat, not worship her, but give, pay her respects. You know, she came, she could conquer. She has enough decoration. She have nothing else to prove. Nothing else to prove. You know, those gymnasts go do her signature move, which nobody can go do the two bows move. One, I think on, on the board and one on the floor and then talk to her. I mean, I can't even walk properly most days. Like, <laughs> like, let me just put that out there. That's 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 facts. <laughs> like, and clearly, I'm too long to be flipping in anybody's air and doing anybody's uneven uneven bars. Like that. Exactly. My ankles, my ankles will be going right there. <laughs> exactly. Here goes Keisha with her boom boom. Never mind, she's out. <laughs> she's done. <laughs> I think people, people are, are weird, very yo. weird. Like people are weird. Like when I first seen this, I was like, "Yo, like y'all are really weird." Like it's okay to be disappointed that she's unable to compete, but you have to be willing to be understanding of where her mental space is. Like as everyone stated, like this is a dangerous sport, especially if you're flipping around. You can land on your net and break your neck. Like it comes to a point to where it's like, this isn't similar to the situation to where I don't remember if it was two years ago. Remember the guy for the bills in the middle of the game, he just like, there was a point in the middle of the game. He said, yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> and he left and he mm -hmm. left at halftime. The dude didn't even stay. The dude didn't even stay for the rest of the game. Like he legit packed his bags. And, and he was retired out that, that moment. In the middle of the game. <laughs> yes. Like this, this isn't this is nowhere near the same as that like it's one thing to realize yo i can't i can't do this anymore and then you have the support of the people around you your coaches your teammates and i'm glad that she has the circle that she had when she was there in in tokyo because it, all it takes is just one one bad coach or one bad teammate. Then you feel that pressure and then you're out there and then you're putting your health at risk. And so I just believe that be careful of the circle that you have mm -hmm. around you because when you have that right circle, they're willing to understand. We're not on the team, so we can't be mad. Her teammates fully supported her 
And then when you see the rest of the, the sports community who is backing her, it's it's just like, yo, like, unless you're competing at the highest level, like, you might not want to speak on this. Like, I honestly feel like everyone who's coming at her has never competed at sports. They've been in cash potato all their life. That's personally how mm-hmm. I feel about it. Evan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can jump right in. We're talking about Simone Biles and um, her decision to step down and how people were so furious and upset about that on social media. Yeah, I mean, I think mental health is always uh interesting topic. I mean, let's think about it. Like um, the last few years, mental health has become a, a more pronounced issue around sports. Uh, we also had um, um, our sports psychologist come on the show to talk about uh, um, Paul George last year, mm-hmm. if I remember. Um, and so I think that as sports becomes, I think as mental health becomes more something to care about, uh, I, it's interesting to me how sometimes the level of care is is this is given and distributed differently because for small bottles there's such vitriol but when kevin love came up with his uh talking about depression it was like support let's she needs support or he needs support on this time when demar DeRozan came out it was so so courageous but why is it that a, a black woman is not able to um, complain about mental health. And I think that this fits into the, you know, this, the, the racist narrative of the angry black woman or uh, women are supposed to be, black women are supposed to be superhuman, supernatural, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, being able to be human, be weak, have moments. So, right. uh, you know, I think she made the right decision for her herself, her career. I mean, mm-hmm. let alone we even forget that Team USA has been a part of her own victimization in, in this world by not doing what and but not doing what we need to do to protect these young women from uh, Larry. Um, I can't remember his name, but the the medical doctor for the team mm-hmm. who was sexually assaulting all those girls. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's okay. a lot there's a lot going on there. Absolutely. And just to close this out, Evan, I think you bring up um, a really important and essential component of this. Black women, we are not supposed to be weak. We are not supposed to need help. We are not supposed to have mental health concerns. We are these machines that society expects just to kind of chug along, right? I feel like the Black woman is is looked upon to save everything, everything. And this is exactly what this is. It's almost like Simone Biles, how dare you? You know, go out there and do what you do, you'll be fine. But like you said, when male athletes do it, even male black athletes, when if white women do it, it's all praise and applauded. It's so hard. And this just goes to show no matter how much money you have, how much status you have, how much sponsorships you have, the underlying narrative for this country is the same. We all deal with that issue and it's really, really sad. Okay, um, 
let us go on to the NBA draft. Um, the NBA was this week. I want the guys um, and our lady um, to talk about any draft winners, losers, anything that surprised you, um, anything, uh, any selections that will really, really impact the team so far. And this is obviously understanding we're still in the heart of free agency and contract um, negotiations, extensions, and all of that stuff. So no team is final at this point, but I wanted um, to hear from everyone about draft prospects and, and how it's looking for the teams right now. First well, and foremost. Go ahead, Alan, because Alan and I was beefing on uh, Instagram about picks. Go ahead, Alan. First and foremost, uh, Phil, on behalf of your main chick, the New York Knicks, I would like to thank you for the pick, <laughs> um, allowing us to get a steal. Uh, I just want to make sure that I address that first. I was going to put it in the, in the group <laughs> chat, but I was like, nah, I'm going to save this. Um, we really, as the Charlotte Hornets, uh, we definitely had a great draft. Um, I like what we did. Um, we finally got one of... I can't say it's exactly a dream guy, but it was just like a dream prospect that I've been seeing that Charlotte has been missing for a while, which is, I was like, if you can get us a 6'4 guard to a 6'6 guard who can score and long and electric, I'm satisfied. And we got that in, in James Balknight from UConn. So now we have a guy who can go get it now. Um, we also went out and got some additional additional length that we're going to need with Cody Zeller and Bismet Biombo coming off the books. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, what I'm really going to be interested in, just draft overall, I'm, I'm curious to see what that Houston team is going to look like. Yeah. Um, because that Houston team, it can be scary. We still don't know what's going to happen to John Wall um, on that squad. But the, the team that they have slowly put together, like they look like they were a dumpster fire with everyone leaving last year. But I'm curious to see what Steven Silas and the front office continue to put around that young core to see where they'll be in probably like the next three or four years. Yeah, I agree with you. Houston, to me, Houston, um, actually Houston and Detroit were big winners. Um, the Warriors, to me, picking up um, Jonathan and most uh, Moses Moody that they are big winners too, because they, they're, they have a good team to compete and they have a good team to transition as they go on. Um, of course, the Knicks did the greatest thing. They picked what they needed, got more draft picks and looking for free agency. I apologize. Usually um, most Knicks fans, we know by January of the season, we're looking at draft picks, prospects, and, and, and preparing for the draft. But, you know, we, we was the fourth seed. And so I didn't have time to invest so much because, you know, New York is a hot spot again. So I apologize for analysis that is not in depth as it used to be in the past 10, 15 years. <laughs> so Phil, it's a hot spot because y'all are about to go ahead and hit them. Uh, that, that, that treacherous sun, it's, it's about that time. It's almost that, it's that month, it's August. So y'all about to get those dog heat. <laughs> Those donkey years. That's those, those, listen, the free agencies are free agents are coming in, and yes, you better thank the Knicks because the Knicks gave you a freebie. That 19th pick is a freebie from us. 
who, who's a good impact player. I think he's center. He play. He can move and so forth. I'm still happy with the Knicks picked up and how they position themselves for free agency. So I'm not shocked. So uh, I, I like a couple of things from the draft. Um, people seem to be pretty high on the Sixers pick. I've I, I seen some highlights. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But um, I do like, and I will say this year, I've been not following college. COVID has made college basketball less interesting, partially because teams would quit midseason with Duke or teams pull up the tournament or people just so I, I kind of was less interested in college basketball however I do like what the Hornets did in the draft uh, I thought they got some really good talent um and you know continue to continue to build I think a, a good roster um and I think the critical thing with building a franchise uh, particularly um when you identify um a blue chip player a player who you think can be uh in the long run uh, a franchise talent like like Lamelo Ball, you, the next thing you're finding is who you're going to build around them with, and so some players that you know, speaking to to Phil and and Allen's uh, beef this week, uh, some players that uh, you feel are part of the roster, they're not core players. Those are guys that are good, but you're going to move them. Um, second, um, I think that. Uh, I like what the Hawks did. I think they got a lot of good value uh, in Jalen Johnson at 20 and Sharif Cooper at 48. I think that's going to bode well for them in the long run um, because you're you're adding a, a good dynamic point guard behind um, uh, Trey Young uh, so that the second unit can can be dangerous. And uh, Jalen Johnson was a was, you know he was a McDonald's All American, supposed to be a top um, five player in this, in this draft, but his performance in the season wasn't as good. And then they pulled him. but, you know, sometimes there are players who, um, who take a little while to get going. So I think, I think they got good value for him at 20 for could have been a lottery pick. Um, we'll, we'll start to be a lottery pick before the season I played out. So I, I liked, I like what I saw from, from that. Um, also, discussing some of these trades that set up the draft. I like the trade that uh, the, I like the trade for the wizards. Now, uh, you know, we, we saw the Russell Westbrook trade and I'm sure we discussed that, but um, I think that the wizards got a lot of pieces back for Russell Westbrook, who, I don't think it was going to transform that franchise, but they got pieces that they can fit around build bill um, Montres Harrell, a, a good, a good six man. And maybe he can have some starting minutes. They already had uh, some decent players. Uh, um, the Japanese African African American Japanese guy, Rushi, Rushi Mora. Um, yeah. Rushi Mora. Um, and so I think they, they, they helped themselves by, by adding, uh, pieces and cooping a first round pick. So um, I, li- I like what the Wizards did as well. Evan, I, I agree with um, your take on the Wizards. I think once Westbrook left, and we'll talk about him um, shortly, everyone was like, oh my gosh, the Wizards are falling apart. And obviously, KCP, Montrez Harrell, and um, Kyle Kuzma, they're not the cream of the crop, right? Like, they're not Brooklyn's big three. Right. So we're not putting that out there. But I think 
the Wizards had a pretty good team. You add some, well, I don't know what they're going to get from KCP. I know Lakers fans love him. He's completely inconsistent to me, so I can't even comment about that. But I think, I still think they have a good team. Now, are they a contender? Absolutely not. But, but I think, um, you know, they have the ability to build. So I still like what I see from them. Um, no one is expecting them to do much of anything um, that season. But um, so I'm kind of in the fill space. You know, I didn't really pay attention to the draft because we were number four, right? Clearly, that's like beneath us now, right? The New York Knicks. But I actually kind of like um, these moves that Brooklyn made. They, they got some pretty good players um, later in the draft with Cam Thomas um, and Dayron Sharp. And I think that, like, Sharp is probably going to be someone that you'll see getting a lot of minutes. I think he's, like, maybe 6'10", 6'11", almost 300 pounds. He's a rebounder. He's a finisher. And if you saw Phil and I whining last year, that was one of the main, um, the main gripes that we had with Brooklyn. Um, I think, I think those are solid, solid moves. And I think Brooklyn, you know, assuming our core is healthy, they are still favored to come out of the East, even though the the Bucks just won. Right. Um, Those are, two amazing picks. I was like, okay, when I read about that, I was like, man, Brooklyn is really, really trying, trying to add the right pieces to make sure that they win it all. So um, yeah, that's about it. Let us go on to Russell Westbrook. The whole world knows Russell Westbrook is now a Los Angeles Laker. And there's a lot of questions, but the main question for the guys today is, A, what impact do you think he will have on the Lakers? B, is his presence there next season um, just what the Lakers need to be at the top of the league again, right? Um, And C, it's Russell Westbrook, right? So... I'll just let you guys kind of throw your opinions out there, but like everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean Lakers fans are basically like, you know, we have the second coming. We now have the best and most dominant team in the league. We got Russell Westbrook. So what what are y'all thinking about all all of this right now? See, I know Westbrook. (laughs) Westbrook is good enough to get you to the playoffs. But he is a guy who wants to do it his way. Like Frank Sinatra, Sinatra said, my way. And will he listen to Coach LeBron? <laughs> will he take and, and allow Coach LeBron to bring the ball up? But he needs the ball in his hand. He has to bring the ball up. He's effective when the ball is in his hand. Will LeBron play the, the traditional forward? And, and, and AD play the power forward slash center? And move, fill the lanes, or is is Westbrook gonna give the ball back to LeBron, or LeBron gonna get the rest he needed 
to prepare for the playoffs. So I'm not sure, you know, on paper, based upon um, the awards and, and accolades, yeah, they look great. But actually playing basketball, pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. The whole thing is going to be, is Westbrook's going to shoot, increase his shooting percentage hitting the mid-range and don't take the three-pointers, right? He needs to be consistent on the mid-range game. And will he pass the ball? Yes, he's the last two, three years triple-double leader in the NBA, right? But the team only goes as far as LeBron has the ball in his hand. So I'm interested to see that. Great on paper. Happy that he's going home. Uh, based upon his last comments, he don't really care about winning championships, right? So he's, he's accomplished, which he is. But will he get that elusive championship? And the best opportunity he has is with LeBron. So we will see. We will see. Uh, I can't wait to see the first time LeBron, I mean, when Westbrook look off LeBron. <laughs> That's my biggest thing I want to see. Because you know it's coming. You know it is coming. Yeah, that was my thing. Um, you know, I was excited, like, oh, great. It's a bunch of triple-double people. But I'm like, well, Westbrook is very alpha male. So I was like, I don't know if he's going to acquiesce to the, you know, LeBron's team. Pretty much is LeBron's team. But I feel like everybody wants to win a chip. And... LeBron may strategically be able to lead in a way where everybody benefits. So this is this is going to be this is going to be something. I know it's going to be competitive. We know it's going to be fun to watch. It might be very explosive, but at this point, everybody just wants to win, and they're making <clears throat> decisions that are beneficial for them. So you know, uh, okay. <laughs> it's another body at least so if somebody gets hurt we got another we got another you know older guy veteran to pull up the rear so look i just i'm a i'm a lebron fan uh, i believe that he can lead this team to a victory go ahead lebron he's such a good businessman <laughs> oh diet <laughs> that's my cousin a little bit <laughs> To Akeisha's point, I mean, I kind of see it low-key as an insurance policy, honestly, because, I mean, it's the Brody. Why not? That's his phrase, right? Why not L.A.? So, with him going there, I mean, once they fill out the rest of the roster, like, they'll be entertaining to watch, but I'm more curious to how the spacing of the floor will be um and i think i think phil mentioned mentioned it that will lebron actually finally like my only criticism of lebron is is he willing to like just go ahead and play off the ball i mean you're 36 about to be 37 my guy like you don't gotta your usage rate can go down with westbrook westbrook's gonna have this energy till he about 60 so ride that wave but I'm more curious to what, what the spacing is going to look like. They still have to fill out the rest of the roster. Um, with KCP going now, you got to find shooters. Like, I don't think anyone's mentioned it, but the Lakers are interested in Melo. But you're still going to need to bring other bodies in who can play defense and be able to do everything else. 
So I think they'll be, I mean, I think they'll be in their user spot, like maybe like top three, and then we just see what happens afterwards. So, I mean, it'll be, it'll be something interesting to watch as time moves along. Yeah. So, I mean, can this work? Yes. Will it work? Probably not. Um, because for it to work, someone has to concede. Uh, when you look at that first, um, when the big three of the Heat came together, that first year they lost, and Dwayne Wade conceded, I need to you know, take a reduced role for us to be successful. So although D. Wade was an alpha, he chose to play the beta role. Um, I... It's going to sound strange. The person who got to concede on ball options is going to have to be LeBron, uh, mainly because Westbrook doesn't move well off the ball. Uh, although he could, I mean, if Westbrook committed to being an off ball player, he could play the role of Wade, you know, minus the jumper. But that off ball cutting that Wade had, that off ball movement, just just cutting that baseline when LeBron drives, creates so many free looks at the basket. But um, it, it's going to be interesting because Westbrook's jumper is just really bad. Like, and Westbrook is not an efficient player. Like, he just forces things. Um, man, I, I really don't understand why they did this as opposed to trying their best to get uh, Buddy Heald. I mean, I think Buddy Heald deal would have been a better option. He doesn't have the same star power, but he fits better. And I think you're looking at potential for a chance to go to the NBA, NBA Finals again. Uh, with this, I just feel as if people are going to pack the paint. And the nice LeBron doesn't have it uh, from, from, on, from the jumper. Uh, it's going to be a problem. Now, unless LeBron can, can transform his game. And, you know, LeBron is capable of saying, okay, I'm working my three all summer and just get it like I'm shooting like a, a 45% clip. Um, it's going to be tough. And we're not even talking about the AD fit either. I mean, um, has Westbrook ever played? Westbrook has never played with a dominant big. So the issues you see with Ben Simmons and Embiid and, you know, is there a lane to drive? That's going to be a major thing. And it's going to cause AD to go play more out in the perimeter. And not to say AD can't play in the perimeter, but you don't want AD playing the perimeter for 70, 60% offensive sets. So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, Frank Vogel is going to have to prove whether he's a good coach or not on this. And um, man, I just, it just doesn't seem like the best decision that the Lakers could have made. Um, but you know, they say DeMar DeRozan's looking to come back to LA too. I take willing to take a pay cut. That's what saying as of, as of, um, recently, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition, but they need to add four spacers and shooters. Now, four spacers are a dime a dozen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't resign Danny Green. They say Dwight Howard's heading back to Cali or is very interested in going back there. So they're going to have to add four spacers at the, um, two, and I think two and three, maybe if LeBron plays four, it may also make it a little bit easier. Uh, so if you add the floor space at the two and the three, um, but we'll see what, we'll see how the same goes down. But I, 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 
if I gave it the trade value, I'd give it like a C minus. C minus. Right. Yeah, I want to add the um that what the market's gonna do. The market is the market is He's a mid-range shooter. He can't, he was horrible at three-point in Toronto. He's a mid-range shooter. If they get DeMarcus, they don't need Westbrook. I think DeMarcus is a better fit than Westbrook. And then you're getting Melo. Yes, I'll take Melo. DeMar. Right, sorry, DeMar. I'm horrible with names. I apologize. (laughs) You know, Rudy Gay is old. He, (laughs) I don't understand what they're trying to do. They got to get through the season. LeBron James is old. He is. That this team is old, man. You gotta get some young, fresh. Like I, I agree with you, Evans. Buddy Hill would have been a much more better fit for now and the future. That should have been the focus. Buddy Hill. He he's a shooter. He's not Clay Matthews. He's younger. He could actually hit and move around. The he would have been a better option, better option than Westbrook. But you know what? I don't care. I'm watching my Knicks. Hey, go ahead. I apologize, Dion. No, I was going to ask you guys, you know, since we're on the topic of Westbrook, where does he rank for you guys as far as his position in the league currently? Just a random question. As a point guard? As a point guard? Yeah, as a point guard. Like, where would you guys put him? Eye test or stat test? (laughs) It's hard. That test based based on what we see. I would say top, I'll say top that. fifteen. Okay. Okay. I I you know what I based upon you see his winning impact and and I have to give him a slight advantage because he will get you to the playoffs despite and not too many point guards could do that so I'll give him a top ten uh, ish eleven because he could get you to the playoffs and his de- grit and determination I give mm-hmm. ten. Yeah, top 10. He got his grit and determination. Plus he's skilled, so he right. just need a three-point shot. He'll be a little bit better. I would say top 10. Because then, like, unless you were just talking about just like, uh, you know, with the point guards, there's a the pure traditional hybrid combo. Like, then that just, like, like muds up the water and everything but if we're just just talking about just strictly point guards he'll definitely be in that top 10 for me right he passes the ball he gets triple doubles he'll get you to the playoffs but if we talk about playoff that that's then i'm saying top 15 20 because he just he's not inducive for today's traditional not all today's offensive basketball set if he was in the 80s or 90s yes but here's the thing, though. This is what I'll say to that. Chris Paul seldomly takes threes. He'll take them if it's there. Right. But the dude lives in the mid range. Right. And it's just the way the way that he gets them is just easier. Just I just think the only thing that really just holds Westbrook back is just his ability in the clutch to make the appropriate decisions. That's really all it is. And he can't shoot. Well, he his mid range is he has a mid range. It's just. His mid-range is better than him shooting threes. I would rather him have a mid-range from an elbow because even from his OKC days, he will always hit that elbow compared to if you're just having him just shooting threes like they wanted him to do in Houston. 
but remember in OKC, they had to respect Kevin Durant. They had to respect, so he had space and his speed. He could get there, had space. Their last two teams, there was no space. There was crowding the paint, so it's more difficult for him. You know, who they may watch, they may watch Bill, but who else are they gonna watch? And then Houston, yeah, they was all taking threes. So, but he still had he could he couldn't he, even though he was it's funny even though he was open in um Houston he still wasn't converting those mid range, and he had to change his offense back to drive and drive and drive and kick. So I don't know. I'm sorry. Westbrook looks like he plays like he's playing pickup ball a lot of times with the decisions that he's making. It's like, <laughs> my man, y'all not always down by one. That's how he plays. But <laughs> I think if he, uh, yeah, like that, point guards have a certain level of basketball IQ and just, you know, that intelligence to be able to see plays two and three passes ahead. And that's one thing we, we can always count on him to play, just not always making the right decision. Right. Get mad at somebody like, Dude, you passed it like that. <laughs> you know he wasn't gonna catch it, right? <laughs> know your personnel. <laughs> know who you playing with, Westbrook. <laughs> and on top of that, don't forget to give Westbrook a high five coming uh, in for a timeout, or he's gonna side eye you. <laughs> right. He stays sucking his teeth. He probably the middle child. I want to know. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> And I pretty much agree. I mean, I'm not going to add much to this discussion. I agree with what everyone said. You know, will he listen? Uh, will he mesh and integrate into that offense? Will him and LeBron fight? <laughs> Find out on the next episode of the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, who knows? Who knows? It's going to be funny. I don't care what anyone says. That's going to be an entertaining team. They'll make the playoffs, as Alan said. They'll probably finish in the top two or so, right? That's the expectation. But woo, when playoffs come, I'm gonna have my popcorn ready, and uh, we'll see. I have no faith in Russell Westbrook, and you guys know this. So this this will be a, a sight for sore eyes, um, for sure. And I'm going to laugh. Um, final question kind of surrounding the Lakers, where do you think they will end up? Do you think they have the firepower to come out of the West being the number one seed? Or do you think it's, it's still going to be a bit of a toss up at the top in the West? Based upon the West book experience, they're going to struggle. <laughs> so uh, on paper, they should be top, top three. Right on paper, um, I may put based upon experience if they get back Chris Paul and they replace um, Payne. I don't think Payne is coming back uh, with a decent backup. I think the Suns and the Lakers and um, I don't trust Utah uh, Nuggets top three for me. But if Westbrook experience doesn't pick up quickly, it will have a training camp. Everything goes well, no COVID and so forth. Yeah, there'll be a top three, but if Westbrook team generally don't start off well, so they might be they might be in a playing tournament. That's how bad it may mess up. Whoa, 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 <laughs> chill, chill. I ain't oh, like okay. just just be a little bit respectful, Phil. Hey. Um, I would actually say they probably would have the the better odds because as long as they remain healthy, they're probably going to be like the only top team that's healthy, like coming in coming into the season. 
compared to everyone else. You, you still have Utah. You have Donovan Mitchell. He should be fine time he comes back because he had that ankle injury. You still got uh, Jamal Murray will still be coming back from a, a ACL. Even Kawhi is coming back from an ACL. He probably won't play until late into the season, as we mentioned maybe a few episodes ago. And, like, when you look at the other teams, it's just like, all right, everyone's coming back, but I don't want it to be, like, who's the healthiest, but I just feel like when you have your core players being healthy, you build that chemistry early. And then that that chemistry carries over, and then it should translate into the court. So I think they – I think it's possible that they, they can come out the West. I can't guarantee it, though. Check your Westbrook history, please. Check your Westbrook history. Every team Westbrook is on, they struggle early on. You better speak life over this team, okay, Phil? <laughs> Thank you very much. I think they'll come off the West, too, especially because they're going to get a lot of rest. And their athletic trainer that they blamed all of those injuries on, they fired her. So let's see. <laughs> how healthy this new trainer can keep everybody but with all these old men it's just gonna be a bunch of ice tubs and you know <laughs> stretching and some epsom salt so i feel like if they can stay on their little regimen they'll be fine <laughs> i agree if they are old in basketball years they really are yeah they are they and, and ad has an old basketball body for a young man so he does it's that unibrow <laughs> Uh, I would say that they may come out the West, but I think Phoenix will will uh, still be there. But and also the Clippers may start late. Um, there's no if the Lakers and Clippers play in the playoffs. There's no away games. There's no home games. You're playing in the same stadium, right? Um, so the question is what. What do the Clippers do this offseason? I mean, obviously, they still need a point guard. Yeah. Um, Wait, is, is Kawhi staying? I mean, he may not, but he probably is. Okay. I mean, they, they said nothing from his camp has come out, but, you know. This he, is Kawhi. Nothing with Kawhi surprised you. He's just like, oh, okay. Because remember, <laughs> they thought he was going to the Lakers. All of a sudden, they've been reported going to the Lakers. The next thing you know, he's out of the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, but I think Denver, Denver's going to be dangerous. I mean, with the health of Jamal Murray, Denver's going to be a problem to, yep. to really come through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last team that I think also has a chance has to be the Mavericks. Like, they have to, I mean, I think they're going to make some changes. Um, they'll probably get KP out of there. Someone will, some, KP has enough talent where someone will take a, a chance on him. And he maybe get some some players back. They got rid of Josh Richardson, so the the the, the Mavericks are rebuilding. Well, not rebuilding. They are retooling, retooling uh, in a way that can probably help their franchise. So uh, right now it's a toss up, but you know we'll see when the season starts. Uh, I I just have a hard time believing in a playoff series that even the great LeBron can compensate for for the for teams just packing the paint and forcing them to. Um, score in a half court set uh, because the Lakers are going to be great defensively. Let's start there. The Lakers will be great yeah. defensively, but offensively, they're going to have their challenges. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, we're all patiently waiting. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, 
the makeup of these teams, I mean, we're not going to know that for a little bit of time, right? And so I would say, you know, once the trade deadline has been completed, free agency is completed, uh, we'll have like a, a more truer picture of what these, especially these top heavy teams in the West, the East look like, and we'll be able to, to say, you know, say with more confidence, even though basketball is basketball, you never know. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.